Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, hello and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment today and not with us. We are delighted to welcome back Dr. Allison Chavez-Larkin. We had the pleasure of interviewing her on WellMed Radio a couple of weeks ago, and I found that talk so incredibly instructive that I said, we got to get her on Caregiver SOS on air, and sure enough, she is here. She is a wound care specialist with a focus on skin care. Dr. Larkin grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, earned her BA magna cum laude in zoology from Iowa State University. That's gotta be another story. She earned her medical degree with honors from Texas A&M University College of Medicine. She's board certified in family medicine and undersea and hyperbaric medicine and is a certified wound specialist physician. Dr. Larkin, it is great to see you. If we can start out with a bit of a digression, talk to me about your interest in zoology. Well, uh... <laughs> I like animals, right? So, so uh, I, I think that when I was an undergraduate, I thought that perhaps if I graduated with a degree in zoology, that if I wanted to, I could run a zoo like Dr. Seuss. But uh, it was more research, and I liked that. But I, I like dealing with people a little bit more. But it's interesting, right? I mean, we're all oh, absolutely, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's how that worked. Is I, I wanted to run a zoo, and then I decided I wanted to be a doctor and figure out how those two things are related. I, I don't even want to go there. But I have a good friend who uh, is a veterinarian who quit his practice because he couldn't deal with the humans. Ah. He loved the animals, but exactly. couldn't deal with the owners and their families. And so that's the flip side of your decision. That's exactly right. I have a golden retriever I'm very attached to. And my kids say that she's my favorite family member. And I said, well, not my favorite, but she's pretty awesome. That's your fur baby. That's right. So talk to us a bit about wound care. Uh, because, you know, as young as we can remember, uh, mama would slap back then mercurochrome on a cut, slap a Band-Aid on and send you back outside. And that was the wound care we got. Yeah. Also, you know, we, we, we learned things with time and there was a, there was a surgeon named Dr. Winters and I want to say it was in the seventies and he, he did a lot of animal research and they figured out that uh, animals that uh, had wounds that were kept covered healed faster than animals that had wounds that were not covered. And so that led to some research into human healing and lo and behold, it turned out that humans' wounds will heal more quickly and have lower rates of infection and other complications if they will simply keep them covered because it keeps them just a little bit moist. And that's where the whole Band-Aid, remember those Band-Aid commercials when somebody would have two cuts? And right. you always said, well, who did they get to do that commercial? But but they did, right? And and the one with the Band-Aid would heal faster. And that's because those wounds were kept were kept just a little bit moist and they were protected from trauma and infection by a Band-Aid or, or some sort of a dressing. It goes against the advice grandma used to give, which was, you need air to heal it. Don't cover it. Let the air heal it. I know. I feel bad. To, I feel bad to disagree with grandma. But in this case, I'm going to say that we, we can do a little bit better now. We can do better now. And what was it that interested you in this specialty? So I think that wounds are something that 
99% of the time, patients are going to take care of themselves and they're going to heal really quickly. But that small percentage of patients who have a complicated wound, it can be very hard on them and it can be very stressful for them and stressful for the family. And I do think that there are some very simple things that we can do that can help wounds to heal more quickly and have lower rates of complications. And so that's something that I wanted to be a part of. And one of the things that we can do, and for the caregivers who are listening, if your care recipient uh, suffers a wound to the skin, pay close attention because these are things we can all do. Right. Well, so I think um, for starters, always trying to be uh, as healthy as we can be helps because any wound that we get on our body, our body ultimately is going to need to heal it. So keeping our skin clean and also being in general healthy, which means drinking enough water and eating a healthy diet, which includes making sure to get enough protein. Sometimes as we get older and we're not doing all our cooking for ourselves, it can be harder to make sure we're getting adequate protein in our diet will really help people to heal. But then moving past that, when you do get a wound, I think making sure that you clean it really well, most of the time soap and water is more than adequate uh, so that we don't get an infection, right? Now, one thing that I've noticed that some people will do is they can clean a wound too much or too long. And so I will not infrequently get a non-healing wound in my clinic and the patient will say, I've been doing everything possible. I've been cleaning this thing with peroxide two or three times a day for the last month, and it just won't make any progress to healing. And I have to give that person credit because they're trying to prevent infection. But what they're doing with that peroxide is they may be healing bacteria, but they're also killing their healing cells because our healing cells are very delicate and they need to be treated very carefully and delicately. So when you get a wound, I think you initially want to clean it really well. I would say with mild soap and water is more than fine. I would say if you have wound wash and you want to use that, that's more than fine. If the first time or the second time you want to use some peroxide, you know, mm, I don't know if you really need it, but I'm not going to argue with it. Right. But day after day after day, you should not be using anything harsh on your wound, no alcohol, no peroxide, because that can actually slow your healing. I think when my kid gets a cut. I always reach for the alcohol and yeah. she says, daddy, that hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that, you know, it's, we've sort of been trained that if it hurts, it kind of must be good, right? Like, like, yes. like medical care should hurt. So I must, if right. I'm burning myself, it must be, it must be good. But honestly, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Warner uh, in Houston taught me that if you should, if you wouldn't put it in your eye, you shouldn't put it in your wound. Now I think oh, wow. somebody told him that too. I wish I knew who coined that phrase, because I think it's good advice, okay? Because the way we heal is the little tiny epithelial or skin cells, they're going to migrate from the sides of the wound and they do it very slowly and they're very delicate. They're almost thin as little feathers. And if you, if you put something really harsh or drying on it, you'll just burn them right off the surface. On the other hand, another important thing to remember when you've got a wound is that you have to protect it, right? That's the other thing that that Band-Aid is doing because if it takes about 24 hours for those little tiny epithelial cells, those little tiny healing cells to establish themselves on the surface of your wound. So if uh, every time that wound tries to heal, you walk on it, if it's on the bottom of your foot, you're gonna push off those healing cells. And so another thing is that you wanna avoid repetitive trauma. I know that um, some caregivers are going to take care of patients that have wounds 
uh, that are pressure sores, right? That can be caused from sitting in a certain way right. or lying in a certain way. Um, and I always tell people that the most important thing to do to heal a wound that's caused from pressure is you have to remove the pressure. And that's hard, right? Because the patient got the wound there because a lot of times that's how they want to sit or lay, right? That's how they're comfortable. But in order to heal it up, we've got to find a way to, to keep the pressure off that area. And I find that um, sometimes people think, well, how about if I just pat it, if I put a big bulky dressing there, maybe that'll help it take care of it. But actually it's, it's, it's not about putting a bulky dressing. It's about removing all the pressure uh, entirely. Now, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Allison Larkin is our very special guest, a wound care specialist, and she's walking through with us ways in which you can treat a wound. Uh, what else is important in doing that? And then I want to talk a bit about uh, wounds that won't heal and the challenges people with diabetes have. So we're going to gently clean our wound. And then I hope that I've convinced you that we're going to, in most cases, try to keep that wound covered. Okay. We're going to do that so that the healing cells can establish themselves over the surface of the wound and close that wound more quickly. Um, we're going to try to um, also keep it the wound clean and uninfected, right? And so maybe one thing we should talk about is how we know if our wound is infected, because sometimes we wonder, right? Because sometimes when you're healing, you can have a little bit of redness uh, around the outside of a wound, but signs that you may have a problem that you need to see your doctor might be something to go over today. And so I always will tell patients that if you have a wound that's becoming more painful instead of less painful, that can be a sign that we have a problem and you need to probably see your provider so that they can check and make sure that there's no infection. If as the wound is healing, you begin to see more redness or more warmth around the wound, that can be a sign of infection and you should seek care then. Generally, sometimes after we get a wound, we may have some trauma and we may have a little bit of swelling, but if that swelling starts to increase instead of decrease or get better, that can be a sign of a wound infection. And then always definitely, if you're feeling sick, if you get fevers or chills, or you feel nauseous or you're vomiting and the stomach flu is not going around your house, but you have a wound that's, that, that's uh, not doing well, you definitely need to consider the possibility that that wound could be infected. Also, if you notice that you're having more drainage from your wound, or if the drainage is, is foul, that it's smelly or discolored, those are reasons I think that you should see your doctor. If you're a diabetic and your blood sugars normally are rocking along and in pretty good control, and then all of a sudden, for no reason that you can put your finger on, you're following your same diet and taking medicines just like normal, you start to have really high blood sugars, that can be a sign of infection possibly as well. And in all those cases, it would be a good idea to see your provider. The other time that I think that we, we need to be careful is if it's, a, if it's a dirty wound and we're not able to get it clean, right? Um, you can see something in the base of the wound that doesn't come out like a piece of gravel or dirt. Or if you see, if you get a wound and you, it's pretty deep, it's not just superficial and maybe you can look down in the bottom and you might see tendon or bone or something of that nature, then you would definitely want to get your wound checked out, okay? Also, another time is if, it's a, if, it, if you cut yourself with something dirty, um, then sometimes I think that you should make sure you've had your tetanus shot, okay? And if you haven't had a tetanus shot, you should see your doctor so that you can be up to, up to date with that. It's okay to get a tetanus shot even if you've recently had one because frankly, none of us remember 
when we got our last tetanus shot. Yeah. And if you don't remember, then you probably should, right? The advantage of getting your shots in, in your family doctor's office is that they're going to help you to, uh, to keep track of those usually. But now right. sometimes we get, we get, we might get shots other places. If you've gone into an urgent care or if you've gone into the pharmacy, right. Um, and so we have to be a little bit more proactive about uh, writing down the dates and if possible, getting documentation of that. And then you can give it to your doctor the next time you go in. But if in doubt, tetanus is not common, but it's not, it's, it, it, it could really make people sick. It's not something that you want. And so if in doubt, if you've got uh, a, a cut that has any depth at all or is dirty at all, and you're not sure when you've had your tetanus shot, you really need to go ahead and get one. And it, it's going to be fine. It won't be a problem. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking on our Caregiver SOS on our hotline with Dr. Allison Larkin. She's a wound care specialist. Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today. And we are so pleased to have you with us right here on Caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our very special guest, Dr. Allison Larkin. She is a wound care specialist, and we're delighted to have her on board. And by the way, Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today. So uh, you've got just me and Dr. Larkin. So Dr. Larkin, talk to me about scabs. Uh, what are they? If you keep a wound covered, does a scab form? Is a scab a normal part of healing? And what is it about our fingers that always pick them off? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yes. Um, so so uh, the joke in my family is that my husband tells people I'm a professional scab picker for a living. So <laughs> I, I feel your pain, right? So a scab is, is a normal part of healing. If you leave your wound uncovered, chances are it's going to form a scab. And a scab is really just an accumulation of the wound drainage and debris that form a little cap right on top of the wound. Okay. And, but, uh, and some scabs can be normal, but they usually can slow the process of healing because the healing cells remember are coming from the sides and they can get, if you get a big stuck on scab, they can, they can uh, get stuck there. The problem with pulling off your own scab is that it's, it's hard to do. And a lot of times you'll rewound yourself, right? That, that you've got that healing tissue along the edges or underneath that's right. trying to form over the surface. And if you just rip it off, you're going to, you, you sort of rip that off as well. So uh, I'm going to stick with my guns and I'm going to tell you that if you will keep your wound covered and you will keep it just a little bit moist, we're like Goldilocks, right? We don't want it to be soaking wet and collecting all sorts of drainage, but we don't want it to be super dry. If we will keep the surface of that wound, just glistening moist by keeping a dressing on it, and changing that dressing whenever we see that the, the drainage is accumulating past the surface of the wound, 
um, you'll prevent that scab from forming altogether. And then you won't be, you won't be tempted to pick it off and you won't need to pick it off because it will never, it will never form. And then but what I hear is you really don't want a scab. So you, most of the time you, you really don't necessarily want a scab. Now, when you cut yourself, there is going to be a blood clot that forms and that's necessary, right? That's how the body gets, gets you to stop bleeding, but that's more internal within the tissue. Okay. And that you definitely want, you want that little blood clot within, but you don't necessarily want that big, hard stuck on scab. that looks like you got a snail sitting on top of your skin. Exactly. Um, now, there are times when people will get uh, what we call eschars, which are scabs that are sort of sitting flush with the skin. They're not sort of sitting on top that we do want to maintain those. And uh, those are uh, most particularly important in pa patients that have poor blood circulation. OK, and some pa some uh, patients and caregivers may have seen that if they have maybe a loved one that's gotten a pressure sore on the heel and they may have gone in and said, hey, doc you know, my loved one has a big black scab on their heel. In those cases, sometimes we'll try to maintain those because we know that the patient might not have enough blood circulation to heal very effectively in that area. But when we're talking about the average patient with a wound on top of their skin, I think we, we will heal more quickly by just preventing the scab. Now, once the scab has formed, I think just continuing to cover the wound, it, it will allow the scab to soften and it should, it'll probably fall off in the shower or just when you're changing your dressing without you having to pull it off. I'd avoid pulling it off. And for those who, as we were talking earlier, have diabetes and maybe poor circulation, uh, covering that wound can be even more important. It certainly can, right? Because the covering the wound is, is keeping that wound bed moist, right? That we've talked about that a moist, a moist wound, not sopping wet, but not dry, a moist wound heals faster. We also know that we have bacteria that, that in our environment, right? You know, most, a lot of us have pets. We try to keep our houses clean, but sometimes our environment is not a hundred percent pristine, clean, like a surgical suite. And so we sort of prevent some of the the contaminants from our environment from getting into our wounds, right? And that's going to lower our risk of infection. And also sometimes we're protecting our wound from trauma with those little dressings as well, so that we're not rubbing off those healing cells as they're trying to do the right thing. Now, one of the things I find interesting in your background, you have a special interest in palliative wound management, improving the quality of life in patients whose wounds are resistant to healing due to serious or maybe terminal health issues. That's really a subspecialty. It is kind of, isn't it? It is kind of. Um, well, you know, the reality is, is that our skin is an organ, right? It's, it's an organ, just like the heart or the lungs. It's actually the largest organ in our body. And in order for our skin to function well, uh, we have to be healthy, right? And so I always do tell people, you know, you, you, you want to lead a, a healthy lifestyle in order to be able to heal a wound. So you want to not smoke because we know that smoking decreases the oxygen to our skin for about two hours after we've had a cigarette. You want to make sure you're eating because the, the nutrition, particularly the protein in the food is what helps to uh, make the collagen and all those, all those building blocks that we need to heal. And then we also, um, you know, we want to make sure that we keep our blood pressure 
and our cholesterol in check because those also can contribute to clogged arteries, which could lead to poor circulation, which, allow, which, which means that we're not delivering oxygen that we need to our wound and all those other nutrients, right? Because they travel through our blood vessels. And sometimes because because of other health issues, patients might have a cancer that's causing a wound, or they might be very ill because of a cancer, or because of very bad poor circulation, or failure, you know, of other parts of their uh, body, their liver, their kidneys, um, that makes it really hard for them to heal because their skin as an organ is not very healthy. And so in those situations, sometimes we have to acknowledge that we may not be able to heal the wound, but then we don't want the patient to be abandoned, right? There's still things that we can do. And we then really try to focus on trying to prevent wound worsening, hopefully forever, but as long as we possibly can, because with that, we can help patients to not have to worry so much about pain, right? We can help patients if they have pain with their wounds, or we can help patients to uh, manage their wounds so that they can maybe control their drainage so that they can go out and do the things that they want to do without having to worry about maybe leaking through their dressing and causing a mess, or maybe we can help to maintain the odor so that they don't have to worry about the wound smelling or embarrassing them if they want to go out or they have someone who wants to visit them because of course it's not their fault, but they might feel, they might feel embarrassed or less likely to do some of those things that, that are so important to do even when we're ill um, because of their wounds. We know one of the challenges for folks with leg wounds that are left untreated is the risk of serious infection and amputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we know that, um, you know, when we choose good techniques to keep these wounds clean and we choose dressings that can uh, absorb the extra drainage if they need that, we also have dressings that have topical medicines that can fight infection. We can significantly decrease the risk of those things happening. Um, a lot of people with leg wounds, sometimes, uh, especially pa- patients that have a history of a blood clot or they have something called a deep venous thrombosis or something, which is a, a blood, which is, which is where you, your, your veins have gotten occluded. You can get a lot of swelling in your legs and that can also cause poor healing, right? We know that if we clog the arteries, carrying the oxygen into our feet, it might cause poor healing in our legs, but also if we have poor return of blood flow out of our legs, or if we have pooling of fluid in our legs, that can lead to poor healing and wounds themselves. Um, and so there are a lot of things actually that we can do for that. And so when I have a patient with a leg wound that is not healing well, we're always gonna check to make sure their artery circulation, the oxygen and the blood flow in is good. And then we'll do things to try to decrease swelling in their legs as well, if we're able to do that, because sometimes if we can push that fluid out of the leg, it allows the leg to heal. I always say it's kind of like an overfull balloon. You know how a a balloon that you just only blow up a little bit's tough and it won't pop, but if you blow up a balloon really big, it just wants to pop really easily. Our legs can be a lot like that. And, And leg ulcers because of swelling are actually the most common chronic wound that I see in my clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For those who have no sense of pain uh, in their feet, peripheral neuropathy, who don't feel uh, that they have a cut, uh, what do you recommend they do to keep checking their feet? Yeah. So 
prevention, right? Prevention is key. And have you heard the phrase pain is the gift nobody wants, right? Yes. Like you're, you're not supposed to be able to walk on a wound. It should hurt you because the wound's never going to heal if you keep walking on it. And so the problem is, is that sometimes if you have a poor feeling in your feet because of diabetes is the number one cause, but there are other causes, it can make you do things that you shouldn't be able to do. So if you have a wound on the bottom of your foot, what you really need to do is not walk on it. And if all other things are equal and you're not infected and you have good blood flow, that wound should heal, but it will not heal if you continue to walk on it. And that's the hardest thing to convince people, right? Cause we all want to take care of our business and taking care of our business frequently right. means walking. But so, so I would say that you want to prevent by checking your feet every day and you really have to get in the habit of doing that. If you are able to just bend your knee and lift your foot up so that you can see the bottom and between the toes, that's all you have to do. And you do that every night. And I tell people just, you know, that's what you do before bed. And then you can get a nice moisturizer and you can apply some moisturizer to your feet as well. And that will keep the skin healthy and will help avoid cracking and things like that. I don't recommend moisture moisturizer between the toes in South Texas because we're already pretty moist, right? And that's right. a place that tends to get too moist. I'm going to have to like, stop you right here. We are flat out of time, which I'm oh sorry goodness. to say, no, but we no. are when time flies, when you're having fun. Dr. Larkin, thank you so much. I'm Ron Aaron on behalf of Carol Zerniel. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.